Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Ilm Feed podcast with your host Shabir Hassan. Once again, we're doing another uh, virtual podcast. Uh, we're not back in the studio just yet um, as you know, lockdown measures slowly start to ease. Uh, we're still keeping it safe from a distance, inshallah. And uh, today we have uh, a really special guest. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting conversation uh, today, much needed conversation. Um, and I'm really excited to introduce on uh, a dear brother of mine, known him for a couple of years now, and uh, he's had a really interesting journey uh, coming from a background in journalism, working with uh, influencers, especially within the, within the Muslim uh, uh, kind of scene, um, and he's also the co-founder of MIN. We'll find out a bit more, a bit more about them, uh, inshallah, today. But uh, let's welcome on our guest, Omar Shahid. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah. How are you? Good, alhamdulillah. How are you doing? Very good, mashallah, very good. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. I can see you're back in, uh, well, it looks like an office setting there. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got an office space in Canary Wharf. So half the team work from here. Okay, nice. nice. Are, you guys back in, are you guys back in the office yet? Or how are you, how are you playing it right now? Yes, yeah, so we, uh, since, since March time, um, we were working from home remotely. Uh, and as of Friday, we just moved back in again. So we've got a space in Manchester, a uh, space in Canary Wharf. So half the team in Manchester, half in London. So okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be back. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, it has to, it's going to be weird like trying to adjust back to normal life, isn't it? Resuming with everything back to normal, I guess. I mean, uh, for you especially and uh, the kind of work that you do, uh, did you find yourself kind of like spending a lot more time at home? How was that experience for you? Yeah, I mean, it was okay. I think uh, for different people, depending, you know, your kind of personality, you know, I think if mm. you're more of an introvert, you don't mind <laughs> being away from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't mind the, um, you know, the, the travel expenses you didn't have to pay and, you know, you didn't have to pay for lunch. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, can wake up a bit later, go to sleep a bit later, yeah. you know. Definitely. Good. It's a, it was, it was a, actually a good timetable, to be honest with you. So, alhamdulillah, lots of, uh, lots of positives there. Um, you know what? I'm going to start with something which I didn't actually say that I was going to start with but I just it's something that I read on your LinkedIn which I found really interesting because uh, I realize your full name on your profile is Omar Da Costa Shahid right which is quite I mean for some people it's going to be a bit like well where did Da Costa come from <laughs> in between Omar and, and Shahid right uh, then I read like it literally says that uh, you're of mixed heritage Jamaican Chinese Portuguese Indian and Pakistani is that is that correct? Like, bro, where did that come from? <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, so basically, um, my my father's side is one hundred percent Pakistani. Okay. Um, most of them grew up uh, in Kenya, um, and mm. then and then came to the UK. From my mother's side, um, it's really mixed. It's crazy. So my my mother's parents um, are super mixed. So my mother's mum is uh, Chinese Indian, uh, but lived in Jamaica. Wow. My, okay. my my mother's father was mm. Jamaican Portuguese who also lived in Jamaica. So okay. I, I grew wow. up I grew up with some really interesting dishes, man. Like uh, from my my grandmother from my mom's side used to feed me like plantain, ackee and salt fish, rice and peas, jerk chicken, dumplings, uh, and my my grandmother from my father's side used to uh, feed me with her hands Punjabi Pakistani curry. You know, so wow. real diverse. Even even my family makeup is really mixed. You know, so I grew up with some of my family are Christians, some are agnostics, uh, some are even atheists. 
and mm. half half were Muslim from my father's side, um, and uh, my mother converted uh, when she married my late father uh, as well. So real mix, Mashallah. really mixed uh, background, and it gives you a kind of an appreciation of different people, you know. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and I guess that's very, um, I guess very relevant to the work that you do because you're working with such a diverse group of individuals um, from all across, like from all over the world, um, where, you know, you're connecting with their, you know, what, what we could call influencers. Look, so I guess I've already mentioned in the intro that, you know, part of our discussion today, or maybe a large chunk of our discussion is going to be about influencers and influencer marketing and so on. Can I just quickly start with, I know it's a term that's used a lot today, uh, you know, uh, you know, someone wants to become an influencer or there's many influencers out there. But I guess my first question is, um, how would you even define um, what an influencer is? And um, yeah, I guess from a, from a marketing point of view and just generally, what does the term today uh, really mean? Yeah. Uh, Bismillah. So the industry definition of an influencer is basically someone who has the ability to affect the purchasing decisions uh, of a group of people due to their influence, due to their authority, due to their knowledge, or due to their relationship uh, with that group of people. Um, so the influencers have become, it's, it's become a term, I suppose, six or seven years ago. It's a relatively new term, um, pretty much to describe people who have large followings on social media. Um, but not every person, of course, with a large following is an influencer, you know. Mm. And this is something we can discuss, you know, some people, they buy their followers. Uh, some people have a lot of followers, but don't actually have that much influence. Um, mm. but, but for me, the, the really important question is, is um, you know, what type of influencer do you want to be? You know, because influence is, is a broad spectrum. You could have people who simply just uh, post selfies. You've got people who are in sports, music, comedy, lifestyle, fashion, travel, the whole range. Mm. Um, and what we try to do at MIN is try to pick out influencers who are, who are genuine, um, who genuinely have influence and, uh, influence and can influence in a positive way. You know, so it's about uh, finding influencers who can create some positive impact in society. And that's really the, the type of influencer I'm most interested in. Okay, so, so what you're saying is for some, from a marketing point of view, um, there is there is a, a kind of like a, a term. So meaning the term influencer would mean that they have some sort of influence in um, for the, we could call it maybe the, the audience, some sort of buy-in, some sort of leverage, right, with yep. the audience. Um, but then also there's, I guess I'm, 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 we can come to it from like the more, from a faith point of view, uh, where influence comes in from there as well. So that's interesting because one word that you used was genuine. Um, so like, let's, 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 let's kind of go on that then. So what do we mean by being genuine? Um, and, um, you know, like, what do we mean by being a genuine influencer? Um, what kind of, um, how would you kind of define a positive influence? Let's, let's go with that. Yeah, I mean, I can give you an example. Uh, so okay. w- one of the influencers I most enjoy working with um, is someone you actually had on your show, uh, Ibn Ali Miller. Um, oh, yeah? So he's uh, an amazing guy. Uh, in 2017, he broke up a fight uh, between two teenage kids. Uh, it went super viral. I think yeah. to date, it's, it's over 150 million views, uh, the, wow. the, the, the video um, shared by Snoop Dogg and LeBron James. And he didn't actively seek the limelight. Mm. It was just something that kind of came his way. But what he's done with his platform is not used it for himself. In fact, in the last three years, he's never once posted a video himself. 
it's either been uh, his wife, it's been his friends, uh, it's been me. Um, and he's seeked to use the platform that he's gained due to that event in a positive way. So now mm. he gives talks across the world. Um, he uses his social media to try and inspire people and educate people uh, about uh, you know, uh, black Americans or the, the black American struggle, um, the history and the culture um, of, of where he's from. Um, and to basically to promote uh, Islam as well. And it's, it's really interesting because he, him an as an example, he hasn't actively sought to brand himself. But for mm. me, he's got one of the most powerful brands um, out there. You know, whenever he comes to the UK, he just, early this year, he finished a, like a 16-city tour. And that's without him trying to put any effort into his social media. It's just mm. because, for me, of his sincerity and the integrity that he, he has. So for me, it's you can become a really influential person just simply due to your sincerity. And, and that's what's important for me is, is that, you know, do you know uh, who you are, what you stand for, and what you want to do? And, and for me, mm. once you can figure that out, you can be as influential as, as anybody. Because, mm, uh, I mean, it's not just about, I mean, a lot of people would say that it's the numbers that speak today, right? I mean, if you have a million followers, then that's basically the most important thing. And that means you're going to be making a lot of money and you're going to be really popular and you're going to have lots of like things lined up and opportunities. But actually, would you say that um, even if you have a large following in terms of numbers, right, on social media, that that doesn't necessarily mean you are an influencer? So actually, let me ask you a quick question before I ask that one. So. To, is there a definition today of like a minimum number of followers that uh, kind of you meet the criteria of an influencer? Yeah, so it's an interesting one. So influencers from an industry perspective are generally term, uh, uh, categorized into three. So you have nano influencers, which is a term which came about about two years ago to refer mm. to people uh, under 10,000 followers. So um, what's interesting is that a lot of brands are actually working with a lot of nano influencers because they have very loyal, small niche communities. Mm. Um, so um, a lot of brands are working with, with like mothers with a few thousand followers because they know they can influence other mothers. Uh, then you have micro-influencers. Uh, a micro-influencer is someone who has between 10 and 100,000 followers, generally speaking. Uh, and then you have macro-influencers who are 100,000 plus. Generally, if you are over a million followers, then some would class you as a celebrity. Um, mm. So that's kind of the distinctions that exist. Okay, interesting. So, okay, so you've got so you've got this range of kind of these different groups when it comes to influencers. So, coming back to my question, which is, okay, fine. Let's say you, even you have like a hundred thousand followers, right? Uh, from your experience, would you say that you've actually found times where those that are on the kind of micro level have actually had more influence, if anything, especially when it comes to like business, right? And when it comes to um, products and advertisements and so on, would you actually say that sometimes on the micro level? Um, they've had more influence than those that are kind of pushing the hundreds and thousands. What would you say from your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me and what a lot of brands and people generally need to understand is that it's not about the following. It's about the engagement. So mm -hmm. to what extent is your audience engaged with you? You know, because you can have a million followers. And I'll give you an example. There was an influencer who had a few million followers and she collaborated with a clothing brand. And mm -hmm. she actually only ended up selling like three items and the, no brand was, the brand was infuriated. They were like, how could you have all these followers and you could only shift like three items of clothing? So what it showed was that her in particular, she didn't actually have that much influence. Her, her followers weren't actually that invested in her. 
So you can have all the followers that you want, but if that doesn't result in some kind of conversion or some kind of impact or um, whatever it might be, then it's, it's fruitless. It's, it's not particularly useful. What's important is the engagement. You know, how much mm. are people engaging with you? But interestingly, influencers are now buying the engagement as well. So before, uh. people, people would buy their followers. So they would, they would buy their followers to make it look like they have this massive platform. Uh, yeah. But now influencers are buying their likes and their comments. Um, wow. and, and that's not to say everyone's doing that. It's, it's a minority. But it's important to know that, you know, people, people, there's people out there trying to con the system. Um, and just because someone appears like they're an influencer, you need to dig a bit deeper to really find out what's, what's going on. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, um, like, I've met a lot of people who are quite... Um, so they're, they're very kind of blinded by numbers. So they, they automatically assume that, no, no, but this person has this many, you know, whatever number of followers, 100,000, a million, whatever. And that must mean they must be super. Like I'll tell you from, from my experience, right? So coming from the background of like being an imam and a teacher, right? Sometimes uh, an imam won't get the same level of respect than let's just say some, guy, some person uh, who's maybe studied and whatever, but has a large following on social media, even though the imam has a lot more knowledge, a lot more experience, and if anything, ha- actually has a lot more influence within their own community. Um, so I found that sometimes what now happens is when it even comes to knowledge, before it used to be a case of I'm going to study with a teacher that's quite trusted, that's qualified, that has certain credentials, that has experience, and, and that's kind of now shifted to, well, actually, you're not very well known. Therefore, you know, I'm going to go for the more well-known kind of sheikh and so on. So um, that I found personally to be quite interesting and quite sad as well, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of imams out there, a lot of shuyukh out there, um, a lot of people involved in that were out there that aren't actually well known. They're doing some amazing work. But now because numbers are speaking so loud in this world of social media, uh, they're, they're missing out a lot. So have you also uh, kind of like run into these sorts of experiences on your end? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what you call kind of vanity metrics. It's this idea mm. that the, the metric that we're measuring success or we're measuring um, that our willingness to work with certain people is not actually a true reflection of what we should be measuring. It's, it's a vanity metric. It's just because mm. someone has X number of likes, that doesn't make them more qualified. It doesn't make them more successful. It's simply a number. Uh, and that number doesn't always translate into anything. So it's a shame. It's a shame. And, and interestingly, like I've been working with influencers for quite a while. And mm. because they've got these big numbers, they've got these, this, this kind of supposedly large influence, and, and many of them do, influencers are now being asked religious questions and they're, rep- yeah. they're replacing the role of, of scholars. So I've, I've seen like on, on emails, like influencers being asked like fit questions and like Aikido questions. And it's like, these are not the people to ask. You, know, you need to go to the scholars who actually studied. So everything mm. is kind of a bit uh, weird uh, at the moment. There's kind of like a, um, like a, a, a reverse in how things should be, should, should be happening. Mm. Yeah, I, I know recently, even you, I know you've been posting a lot about... Um, a particular sheikh um, that you have studied with and I've actually also studied with, Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad um, or Sheikh Timothy Winters. And you, I, I found it interesting, some of the posts that you put up, how he doesn't actually have any social media profiles himself that he's kind of pushing or in terms of the content that he's putting out there. But actually the work that he's done, for example, with the, the new mosque in Cambridge and his general influence all around um, and his character and so on, that's actually spoken far more in, in volume than anything else in terms of metrics and 
and numbers and so on. So I found that really interesting, like, you know, someone, someone like that. And he's one example out of many that are actually doing amazing work out there and are actually like movers and shakers in the community uh, compared to, let's just say, someone who's got the high numbers um, on a profile. It, it's also interesting how you mentioned how um, the, the kind of influencers now are replacing, almost replacing, obviously not intentionally. A lot of them are just, because this is one thing I wanted to address, right? Almost it's like the elephant in the room, which is, so you've got, you've got a lot of influencers out there and they are Muslim at the same time, right? It's not that intentionally when they put themselves out there that they said, I'm going to be like a very outwardly Muslim da'wah type figure, yeah? Like it's just, it's just that I happen to wear a hijab, I happen to have a beard, my name happens to be Muhammad and so on, right? Uh, but, you know, I want to, for example, be, a, be a, you know, get involved in the, in the creative side of things. You know, I want to uh, become like a blogger of some sort, right? Then what then happens is once they've kind of put themselves out there, is I, I, the Muslim audience in particular, I feel, then kind of, you know, see them to be like, okay, now you're like the spokesperson for, for, for me when it comes to Islam. And then what starts happening is when they make a mistake or if they do something that's un-Islamic or goes against some sort of Islamic principles, then they're really like slaughtered almost right by the, by the community. Um, where is the balance there? It's something that I've, I've seen a lot of, even recently, there's a lot of cases, right? Uh, people are just like, they just put people on a pedestal and almost make them the mouthpiece for the Muslim community. Um, so let's, let's maybe discuss that again from, from your experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very tricky topic because um, even this idea of being a Muslim influencer, it's, it's, it's difficult because who, like, if you're to say you're a Muslim influencer, then it, it comes with immense responsibility because it means that you're Muslim with a platform um, and, you know, you have to act in a, in a certain way because being a Muslim requires that. Um, mm. But at the same time, we have to recognize that these are just human beings at the same time. And they're going to slip up and because they've got public platforms and because they're putting out such regular content they're going to do things which aren't always correct mm. um so i think we i think we need to maybe move away from regarding people who are who happen to be muslim and happen to have influence and regarding them as a muslim influencer maybe just thinking of them as an influencer uh who who also happen to be muslim and that way maybe the the pressure is 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 not as much on them but i think what happens is whenever you are a muslim and you have a platform it comes with this expectation and people put all sorts of pressure uh, on you um so i think uh i think the the audience has responsibility to recognize that these are human beings and they're going to make mistakes mm -hmm. but the influencer needs to recognize that being a muslim they're always going to be seen as as being kind of a spokesperson and people are naturally going to put that kind of pressure on you uh, because mm. they see you having a platform and they see you almost representing them. So if you slip up, it's almost like you are affecting how Islam is perceived. Um, so it's it's something we're going to have to work together, I think, as a community on how we address this and, and how we move forward. Yeah, so basically it's, 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 you have to, as an influencer, you have to at the same time kind of hold yourself to a higher standard to some degree. Um, again, acknowledging that not everyone's perfect and everyone has their flaws and mistakes would be made. But I think there is that element of holding yourself to a higher standard. But I think also from the, the audience side or the Muslim community side of things, I do think there needs to be a bit more of an understanding that, hey, look, this is someone who's, you know, just happens to be on social media. 
right? You know, there's many people that have jobs and careers and, you know, they're, they're not on social media. It's not publicized to that degree. And, you know, you just have to kind of understand that just, I know we, we, we understand that they're Muslim, right? Um, and maybe, you know, they, it, they do a lot of things that um, are Muslim in nature and, you know, in, and all of that. But I think, yeah, it's just we have to be a bit fair sometimes. I guess, I guess that's my point. Um, one, we'll come back to that, but I know it's, I know we started off almost a bit negative. Some people might feel uh, towards influencers, but I'm doing this intentionally because I do want to end off more on a positive note than anything, right? But I do want to ask you a question, which is um, a, a recent Facebook post that you put out. Um, and it, it started, which uh, quite almost like, you know, would come as a surprise to a lot of people because you work with influencers um, and, uh, you know, you work within this, with, this, with this huge network of influencers, but then you started off your post basically saying, don't become an influencer, right? And uh, you gave your reasons, and it was, I found it to be a really interesting post, and you kind of broke things down. So without going into the details of it, I want to pass it over to you to kind of explain that maybe in a bit more detail uh, for those who haven't seen that Facebook post. Uh, why would you advise a lot of young, young, the younger audience not to become an influencer? So I suppose what I was trying to say is uh, nobody should seek popularity. Uh, nobody mm. should seek to become an influencer uh, because, first of all, it's, it's discouraged in our faith. Uh, we shouldn't seek fame or power. Uh, that's something that should be, I suppose, a byproduct um, of, of your success or skills in life. And if you happen to be in a public platform, then you ask uh, Allah for, 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 for strength in, 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 in being a, a public figure um so for me what i've seen is is that a lot of influencers actually want to become famous and and it's and it's some some people become famous because of skills and talent other people because they want it so badly they'll do anything to be famous and it's not the case that necessarily the majority of influencers are uh, insecure or are seeking validation but what i found from experience is that a lot of people who build large platforms, do so on the back of insecurities. So because they um, are um, perhaps need some kind of validation, they build a platform so that they feel validated uh, by the audience. And this is really, really dangerous uh, because if you begin to seek validation from others, um, instead of seeking value and validation from yourself and, and, and ultimately from, from Allah, you're going to put yourself in a, in a in, in really dangerous uh, territory. And I suppose what I was trying to say is, is that um, being an influencer comes with immense struggle, immense difficulty. You're going to face hate. You're going to face abuse. You're going to face people trolling you. You're going to mm. face people making refutation videos of you. Uh, the whole works. Um, and that's not to say it's a completely negative thing. There's many benefits in being an influencer. You can influence people in a positive way. Mm. But... I've seen firsthand people rise to fame and be destroyed by it, their iman be destroyed by it. Uh, I've seen men who have had women throw themselves at that, at that guy, uh, you know, whether they're a social media influencer, whether they're artists or, or whatever they might be. And that's incredibly damaging for, for people to, to experience because it really messes with your intentions. And over a period of time, people start to develop psychological issues, they develop depression, anxiety. Um, and there was a, even a case of, a couple of weeks ago of, of a 16-year-old 
uh, Indian girl uh, who, was, who was on TikTok, who had a million followers, she committed suicide allegedly because of uh, all the, the hate that she received. So wow. the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that being an influencer is not this all um, perfect world that, that, that a lot of people imagine, um, that it's just a, a gateway to, to money and to kind of, you can, you can kind of always influence your audience in a positive way. Sometimes what will happen is you'll get so much hate that mm. um, you'll end up almost fulfilling a, uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy where your audience will say you're X, Y, Z in a very negative way. And because you're, you keep receiving that hate, you almost start to become the person which they're saying that you are when you weren't mm. originally. So it's, it's, a really dangerous, it's a really dangerous thing. And the other thing uh, I suppose is that um, the, the, the form of capitalism that we have today, this kind of virulent, virulent form of capitalism, which underpins a lot of social media trends, um, is the driving force uh, behind um, what, what is going on in social media. So capitalism wants, wants a product to be talked about. And the way a product is talked about and the way capitalism drives it is when uh, you, keep, um, you keep something new and you keep grabbing people's, people's attention. And often what an influencer has to do if they see themselves, if, if they see themselves as a brand or if they're trying to promote something or if they're trying to increase their, their followers, they will have to, in some sense, become an attention seeker. And mm. that, that's, that's incredibly worrying because it's like, where do you draw the line then? You know, when, where you first started off, and if you want to continue growing, you almost have to sell yourself in some way. So mm. the, for me, it's really important that influencers recognize that that slow and steady uh, wins a race, that you don't have to grow too quickly. You know, mm. know for me, it's about know what your purpose is, um, know what your values are, because without knowing your purpose, you don't know where you're going. Without knowing your values, you don't know where you're, where, where you, what you stand for. Uh, you know, Malcolm X only said, you know, if you, don't, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And the third thing mm. is, is seek accountability. Like have people who are a bit tough on you, whether they're mentors or whether they're friends, who are willing to call you out if you're stepping out of line. You know, so it's mm. really important that if you are on that path uh, to becoming popular, you need to build this infrastructure in place to make sure that you don't lose your way. Mm, really important points. I think the, the last piece of advice are very practical, especially about having a mentor, having some sort of guidance there. Because again, there's a lot of um, influencers, again, unintentionally, they may put a video out and it goes viral and they, they accumulate a large following and they just weren't ready for it. They literally just weren't ready. I, I've, I know people personally that have said to me, listen, bro, like I put out one clip of me reciting Quran and it just blew up. And now I'm seen as like, you know, the, the, the world's like renowned Qadi or something and I'm just not ready for that because my, my level of recitation is just not there. That's just one example of course there's many examples of, you know what I put out a reminder video that goes viral now everyone thinks I'm the top sheikh and I've got all these qualifications but actually that's not the case right I'm still working on myself. So then what happens is you know like you said it kind of does get to your head I guess the, the word that's used today a lot is clout right you know you're, you're a clout chaser or you're just trying to stay relevant and the, way, the only way you can stay relevant is you look at the trends and you just do whatever, right? And I think another key word that you mentioned was values. If you don't know what your values are, then you will just do, try anything and everything and you don't even know what you represent at the end of the day, right? So I think all of these points are, are really, um, <clears throat> really relevant, really important. Um, okay, that's fine. So I, I think we cannot underestimate the power of social media, the power of putting content out there. 
Um, and you know, I would I would even go as far as to say like everyone has. Um, I don't know if you would agree with me, but everyone has some level of influence, even if they have like 50 followers, you have some level of influence that like you cannot undermine that even. Because if one of your followers donate to a charity because of a post you shared, or, you know, there's been lots going on in the world recently, and, you know, you share one post on your Instagram story, and someone was like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't even know about this event that's taking place in the world. And that's it, you know, they might go out and do something like, everyone actually, I don't know if you, if, 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 you, if you agree with me, but everyone does actually have some level of influence. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, it's, 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 it's always been the case, even mm. hit, uh, before social media. Yeah. People can, I mean, first of all, we should be influencing those closest to us, mm. you know, our families. And, and Islam is, is quite a, I suppose, a, a local first, then global religion. So it's about what can you do within your own household, within your own communities. And um, that influence has always existed. And there's mm-hmm. been people who have had no platforms who have gone to change the world, uh, starting with their, their own homes and communities. And now that we have social media, all it takes is uh, a Facebook post. You know, it takes uh, a good idea. And you can you don't even have to have a lot of followers, but anybody can 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 do amazing things now that we have access uh, to to the entire world. But but one of the things I think is really important is that I think one of the things we forget being on social media is that everything we do is pretty much immortalized. It goes out there forever. Yeah. And so, somebody can screen record it. Somebody can screenshot it. Somebody can. People have things on their phones from years ago. I remember that there was a, there was somebody on my Facebook who told me that she screen recorded uh, something from MSN uh, from when when we were like uh, fifteen years old, and she still had that rec- she still had that 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 message. That no I way. Sent. Yeah, and and it's like um, people people don't realize that what you say. I mean, first of all, uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram um, they have access to everything that we do anyway. They're collecting all this data on us. Um, and then and then and then showing adverts to us and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, yeah. But but it's important that especially influencers who have this humongous platform that what you put out is not going out to your friends. And sometimes mm. we have this misconception that we're just putting out an Instagram post that's going out to some a few people. No, it's going out to the entire world potentially. Mm. You know. Um, so it's really important to remember that that there's nothing that you do that w- that won't have potentially international ramifications that can cause tremors across the world positively or negatively um, so it's really important to, to have that sense of responsibility and accountability that whatever mm. you put out whether it's 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 you're not an influencer or even more so if you're an influencer that this is going to be out there forever and no matter what you do you can potentially never take it back wow that's something that i think a lot of us forget to be honest even even for me like that's just like a wake-up call, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, just thinking about it. Like, obviously, we don't we don't do things, uh, you know, for people necessarily, right? I mean, in, we do things for the sake of for the sake of God, for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But I think, yeah, I mean, if if we if because that's essentially what taqwa means, right? Being mindful of God at all times, and I guess that that trickles down to social media as well. Like, you, you just got to be mindful of what you're posting, and if that means sometimes you need these kind of reminders, like, you know what? You're never really going to be able to delete anything. I think when I was when I was speaking to, you know, of course you know Ali Official, right? Uh, we've had him on here as well. And I think when I spoke to him, he met, he mentioned something similar. He was like, "Bro, you cannot 
you cannot delete things technically, right? People can just, like you said, one screenshot, one uh, screen uh, record and that's it. It's out there. So I think that's, that's profound, to be honest with you, man. Um, I wanted to just kind of, um, as we come to the end, I wanted to also speak about, and you've already mentioned quite a few good pieces of advice. Um, but let's say, look, mashallah, look, we have like, you know, this is Ilm Feed. We've got lots of, uh, you know, people who are tuning in from different parts of the world. And, you know, uh, there's many that have their own social media accounts and are really trying to create some sort of positive change out there, whether it's locally or even globally. So what would, again, some practical pieces of advice be from your end, from your experience, for people who are just starting off, not necessarily have to be, you know, in the falling into the definition of uh, an influencer, but it's starting off, have some sort of good intention. I'm a creative. I'm involved in this thing. Uh, what can I keep in mind going forward now? Yeah. So you mentioned the word intention. I think that's uh, the most paramount thing is what is your intention? Is it, uh, is it, like I said, to seek fame or is it to genuinely positively influence people? And there are many ways you can influence people in, in a positive way. And one thing I would say is that if your definition or your, your, or, or your, uh, the, the, what you're aiming to do, if it's, if it's quite uh, uh, superficial and broad, for example, I know a lot of people who want to become an influencer and ask them why, and they can't really define it. They say something like, oh, I want to spread positivity. It's like, what, what on earth does that mean? How, it's a very vague answer. Mm. So for me, the, the vaguer your answer, the more trouble you're going to be in. If people have, like, for example, I'll, give, I'll come back to Ibn Ali again. He, for, since I've known him for the, over three years, his uh, mission through his influence is to take Islam to black people. He knows exactly what he wants to do. And mm. it's, he's never changed that. And he's never fallen off that. So for me, it's, it's define what your mission is. Know exactly what you want to do. Um, once you do that, like I said before, know what you stand for uh, and be a person of uh, integrity. You know, um, don't just sell yourself. If you're, if you're going to work with brands, know what type of brands you want to work with because some brands might have nefarious agendas. Some might be putting their profit into, into illegal settlements or whatever, mm. whatever it might be. Um, so know, uh, know what you stand for. Know who you want to work with. And that's not just from a brand's perspective but also in terms of other influencers. Not every influencer is the right person for you to work with. Just because they have clout and just because they have uh, fame, it doesn't mean that you should associate yourself with them. So having that kind of the right friend circle uh, is really important. Um, and the last thing I would say, and I've, I've mentioned it before, is to constantly seek accountability. And you can do that by having mentors, people who, will, uh, who, who, who know what's best for you. Because mm. sometimes you can have friends and they'll just like big you up all the time. They'll be like, yeah, I loved your post. And they, they'll never criticize you. But what you really want is a friend who will call you out and say, you know what, that wasn't right. Um, or mentors who will do that. So always the, 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 the less accountability that you seek, for me, is a sign that you have less sincerity. Because mm. if you aren't willing to become accountable to yourself, then it shows that you're willing to just do whatever you want. And the Prophet ﷺ said, you know, if you have no shame, then do what you want. So mm. it's really important that we, we're responsible and we're accountable and we keep just checking in on ourselves to make sure that we're, we're in the place that we thought we would be. Mm. Excellent piece of advice. Um, again, you've mentioned the word mentorship quite a few times now, and I think that is really important to have. Uh, I, was, I, actually, I actually tweeted recently as well how um, 
you know, like I, I, was, I was, it was more of like an appreciation post. I was saying how a lot of my teachers, um, you know, really guided me in my kind of earlier years of study because they, you know, they always made sure that I wasn't kind of, you know, you know, when you when in your early kind of earlier years of study, when you're a bit kind of zealous and, you know, you want to you know, unleash your your knowledge. Right. And uh, my teachers always used to say, look, Shabir, we know you're on social media and we know you're, you're presenting on TV, but you've got to be very careful what you say. Don't, you know, get too ahead of yourself and so on. Right. And for me, that was so helpful to have them. And when I did used to post something that was a bit off, um, even till today, you know, what? I actually have some mentors today, even till today, like up, even recently, I, I, I put something out and I got a message saying, I'm not too sure about this. Um, I'm not feeling it. So maybe you should review it. And I, when I reviewed it, I thought, you know what, let me just delete this. And to kind of like, I wouldn't have seen it because I'm seeing it with my own pair of eyes thinking, yeah, everything I put out there is, is good, right? It's, supposedly it's good. Um, but I think definitely, man, like what you mentioned about having some sort of guidance there, um, or having some sort of mentorship um, is definitely key. And of course, our, our dean teaches us to do, you know, mashwara, right? To always consult with the, those who are more knowledgeable. So alhamdulillah, I think that's really helped me and, I, and I'm sure definitely it's helped you along your journey as well. Because I mentioned at the beginning, you've come from this background of journalism. And then when people see where you are today, it's quite very different, right? To, to where you started off. Maybe you want to tell us uh, a bit about that quickly as well. Your kind of journey and how yeah. you've, you, mashallah, you've traveled a lot as well. And, and, you know, so tell us a bit about your journey. So um, I think from the age of seven years old, I, I, I wanted to become a journalist. And I remember my parents being like, how do you even know what that word is? <laughs> um, so I, I always knew I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, so I, I, got in, I got into a good university for journalism. And while I, was, while I was at university, I began writing for national papers, which was quite unheard of at the time. So I was writing for The Times, The Guardian, Independent, um, New Statesman. Um, I traveled to Turkey and Azerbaijan uh, for some uh, trips. Uh, uh, during uni and after uni, um, but I had a very early retirement, um, and I wrote a blog post about why I left journalism. Uh, pretty much because the, the the reason why I went into journalism, I wasn't able to fulfil, uh, because I went into journalism to uh, expose injustices, to tell truths, to promote Muslims in a positive way. But I found that the journalism industry, which is which was kind of uh, there was a lot of nepotism, there was a lot of Oxbridge. Uh, uh, middle-class white people hiring Oxbridge middle-class white people and there weren't always these spaces uh, for people of colour um, and I became quite disaffected with the industry mm. I ended up leaving uh, the industry after you know uh, after maybe a, a one or two years uh, after I graduated um, and then I uh, fell into the charity scene uh, as, as, as many, many uh, Muslims uh, uh, to some extent work in charity um, I was working uh, in the marketing department. Um, and during that time, I started work with influencers. And, and then that led me, uh, in 2016, I met my business partner, Safe, um, And we thought, you know what, let's do something where, um, on the one hand, we uh, connect brands with influencers uh, so that um, uh, uh, brands can, uh, can access uh, the Muslim. Uh, I don't like the word market because it makes, makes Muslims seem like consumers only. But yeah. for want of a better word, we can say market. Um, and, and run creative campaigns. And on the other hand, we'll also manage influencers mm. uh, so that we can, uh, we can inspire them to inspire others. Um, so that's how we set up MIN uh, a year later in, from 2016, 2017, we set it up. Now, alhamdulillah, the company's three years old. 
Um, I'm going from going from. Uh, we're doing okay, alhamdulillah. I mean, um, we're we're we've done some decent decent work over the past few years. Uh, now we've uh, we've um, now got three brands that we own, um, and uh, inshallah, let's see what the future holds. Inshallah, sounds exciting. Uh, but yeah, definitely an interesting journey that you've had. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, for me personally today, it's been a really interesting conversation. I've learned, I've learned a lot um, about influencers and just from your experience, there's definitely a lot more that we can learn. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast. Um, definitely a lot of can value I, can for I just clarify? Can I clarify one thing? Yeah, um, sure. you mentioned You mentioned that I, I studied with uh, Sheikh Abdul Kim. I haven't actually studied with him formally or anything like that. I've, I've sat in his circles and uh, been to retreats for a few weeks at a time with him and uh, met him quite a few times. He conducted my nikah as well. Alhamdulillah. Oh, mashallah. So, um, Brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I haven't actually studied with him formally. I don't want to give off the wrong impression uh, that I've... Like I'm no, a student, no, absolutely. Of his, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. No, no, that's that's that was my mistake. <laughs> that's my that's mistake okay. in wording. But thank you. No, Jazakallah khair, uh, brother Omar, for for all your input today. Um, definitely a lot of value for our listeners and, and viewers on Ilmfeed. Um, and uh, inshallah, we need to of course uh, meet up very soon uh, when it's safe to definitely. do so. Inshallah, thank yeah, you. Definitely. And for all our uh, Ilmfeed viewers and uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to yet another podcast. Uh, with uh, Omar Shahid uh, and his work with MIN. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, subscribe on iTunes and the rest of it, inshallah. Um, until next time, we'll be back very soon with another podcast. Take care of yourselves. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.